Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. All right, Farron. So I thought today would be a great time to talk about conventions and tropes and themes in video games that we like and the ones that we don't like so much. Cool. So <laughs> I'll, I'll kick us off here with one thing that I really, really like in video games, and that is a New Game Plus cycle. <laughs> uh, we... We actually just finished recording our Games We Miss episode where we discussed... That's how we finished, yeah. Yeah, where we actually just discussed uh, two of the topics that we're about to talk about here, one of which is uh, New Game Plus, and the other one is the just the sense of going back and experiencing something for the first time, and I genuinely feel like giving somebody a New Game Plus experience is not just recycling the same content, mm -hmm but allowing them to experience the same content in a new way. Yeah. And I think my favorite my favorite implementation of this and one of my favorite game series of all time is Dark Souls. And the whole thing is is based in this big old uh, cyclical story, but you every cycle time cycle of pain. <laughs> yeah. More or less. But every time you finish the game, the next thing that happens immediately after the credits roll is you start the game over again. Hang on, I just figured it out. Huh. Dark Souls is a game designed by a refugee from the Warhammer 40k universe <laughs> who who knows nothing but pain and misery in their life. Sorry, that just dawned on me. Carry on. But I, I really, I love that feeling of, okay, well, the first time you did this, you were this scrawny little helpless person mm -hmm. in, a, in a big dark world, and now you're scrawny not nearly so helpless in a world that you are very intimately familiar with so you get yeah. to experience this over again and dunk on all the things that were previously dunking on you and so do you do you get into new game plus cycles much or are you kind of a I, one and done guy i tried once i played batman arkham origins which is my favorite of the four though admittedly i've only ever gotten about five hours into arkham knight i played the game i adored it and I thought, I, w I played the DLC as well, which is super good, by the way. I think it's called The Cold, Cold Night or something. That is, it's with Mr. Freeze. That was with Dr. Freeze? Freeze, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, Mr. Freeze. Yeah, anyways. Mr. Freeze. Anyways, good, good game. And it had the new game plus, and I never tried it before. And I thought, well, now I'm Batman. Now I've got all the skills and all the gear. Hmm. You know, I'm not wimpy Batman. Like, that's always the problem with, with role-playing games. They start you as, like you say, the scrawny little nothing. The whole point of Batman is that unless you're talking about year one Batman, he's Batman. He's got yeah. all the gear and all the toys. And I went back and maybe it's because I had already played the hell out of this game for 20 hours and I couldn't bear to do it again. Maybe now I should go back and try it. Mm -hmm. Because it's been like five years since I've played Arkham Origins. Maybe now I could appreciate it, assuming, God, that Steam still has my save game. Probably not. I don't know. Um, maybe. It's one of those things. I'm sure there's a way around it, but I've never done it mostly because because I'm so story driven. 
I don't want to experience a narrative again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know how this ends. Now, maybe something like the Arkham games would be different because, you know, it, it, it's not really super heavy on story. Like, I've played Arkham Asylum through twice. Right. One of the few games like that I ever have. But, you know, we talked about Mass Effect, and I'm not sure a game plus would work for me. No. I don't I don't think being super femme shep would make a difference to me. I still no. enjoyed the game the first time, and I'm done. Yeah. But... I. I think Sorry, with, go ahead. No, no. I think go with ahead. Mass Effect, the best way that it works is by the continuation of a previous save game. Like the way it was sort of meant to be played through in one, two, and three. Um, that mm -hmm. way you get that new game plus feeling of yeah. starting with advanced skills in a sequel without having to feel like you're level one shepherd that just came out of the academy again. Yeah. I don't even remember if they did that in those games. I think you had to Oh yeah, you was... did. Oh did you? Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, I appreciate that. I like the idea that your character is a human being who carries mm. on. Yeah. You know, the idea of a game plus on the surface seems like it should work for me, but the problem is they almost always come, uh, they almost always come with uh, narratives, and I don't want to re-experience the narrative. I've, I've seen this. I, I want to experience the next story. Right. That's just me. That's just me being weird. But now that we've said this, I'm thinking I'm going to go back and play Arkham Origins. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to download it and give it a shot, though I probably should play Arkham Knight at some point. Uh, seeing as you know, I bought that game, and uh, don't don't get me started. But uh, hey, man, Ar Arkham Knight was all right, but I I definitely of all the games I spent the most time in Origins as well. Also yeah. because it was the only one that I owned on my Xbox for the longest time. Fair but um, I think I I wound up playing through the the mode of the game where you don't get the dodge prompts anymore over oh, the enemies' okay. heads, and I I played through all that. Okay, yeah, like the the idea of the of the game plus is a brilliant concept. It adds mm -hmm. so much to, uh, to a game's replayability. Yeah. And I get like, uh, someone's always pissed off. Well, why did it come with game plus? Like, because they want to get the game working first, you wanker. Then they're going to add game plus <laughs> in a patch in five months. Yeah. You know, I think games like that are for people who want to savor the game, but they don't ever want it to be easy. Yeah. Like uh, the one thing Assassin's Creed origins did is they had this, this system and, and and Odyssey, which was the next game, did it even better. Where the zones weren't level one through three and level four through five. The zone mm -hmm. was whatever you were. Right. So if you know, and Odyssey did that actually better. So there wasn't. I mean, there was a game plus where you could do the story again. But there's so much story in Odyssey, you could, you don't even really need to. But the idea was you could do the starting area, and if you got to max level and came back, it wasn't a starting area. Like remember in WoW, if you went back to the starting area you could just like they couldn't touch you right you could yeah just, you could use your bare fists and kill everything yeah here that doesn't happen everything levels with you okay it's kind of almost a game plus as you play mm -hmm. um though i think with i think with origins and odyssey you could do the game plus where you had all of your skills at the end of the game you were super powerful bayek or super powerful cassandra and you could go back to the beginning and right. it would just be a harder a harder play through the game. Okay. But I, but you know, these are for people who want to savor the game more, but they don't want to go back and be wimpy again. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. I think it's a great concept. And it's also, like I said, that's, that, that helps the longevity of a game. It's a, it's quite the selling point. It does. And yeah, it's, you know, what I really like when they do new game plus is, is when they add something extra in for the new game plus. Cycle. Oh yeah. Uh, like 
bosses get new mechanics or mm -hmm. there's new items scattered around the world that you can find things that weren't there before that you still need to kind of go it gives you an incentive to actually play through it not yep. just to to re-experience the story which i mean i i'm of the opinion that i don't like when an entire game scales with you in level I feel like I enjoy a world more where if I just wander into a place that I'm not meant to be, I just get swatted down. And it then it's it, it gives a sense of danger and challenge. Yep. But then if you just need to feel better about yourself, you can walk back to your starting spot and just <laughs> bop things on the head and make them all die. See, Odyssey got the perfect balance, right? Mm -hmm. It's not that things can't ever be more powerful than you. They can never be less powerful than you. Right. So you can go to the level 60 area, just using a number, a Warcraft number. You can sure. go to the level 60 area at level one and you're gonna get swatted down because you do not belong there. Yeah. But if you go to level 40, the level 60 area is still there. The level 60 area is still there, mm -hmm. but the level one area is now level 40. Okay. So it's it's sort of a it sort of follows behind you. Right. Like it'll never be less than you, but can always be more than you. Because that I agree, sense. I love wandering an area and going, uh oh, I should not be here. Yeah. That's what was the first time I wound up in Feralos. In, oh. <laughs> uh, in WoW, I went in there, took one look, and went, "I take one step off this road, that rabbit will eat me." Like it was that, like it was, you know. I want. Hey, I wandered into. I remember wandering into Ogremar. Yeah. Going, if I move one pixel to the left, I'm done. You know. <laughs> that, that, that's that's the idea I think of of uh, game pluses and this sort of thing. That that sense of danger of. You know, you're either equipped or you're not, and how that balances out. And the game plus is a great way to keep your game fresh. Right. You know, um, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I I, I, whoever first came up with it, you know, the first ga game plus I can think of. What's that? The second quest in Zelda, Legend of Zelda. Oh well, yeah, that's probably probably it. Because I don't think it's any harder. It's just they mess up the map. So you spend all this time, you know, gaining your mad skills as a, a playing the game. And mm -hmm. now everything's different. You can go find it all from scratch, sucker. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, uh, what's uh, one of your conventions? Uh, I'll start with one of the ones I like, just for fun. Sure. And that's Zone Conquest. Uh, okay. Most notably the Ubisoft Tower mechanic, mm -hmm. where you go into an area, and you'll slowly build your, you'll just fight your way through the area, different types of quests, and it'll culminate in some sort of quote-unquote boss fight, whether that's seizing control of a tower or killing an enemy or whatever that lets you seize control of the area. And it's not that there won't be stuff to do in that area, but that area now belongs to you. Mm -hmm. uh, a good example is Assassin's Creed Syndicate, where you're one of the sort of the one of the main storylines is you're building a street gang. And so you'll go and you'll find in a new area, you'll find low level thugs and then you'll find their bosses and it'll end like your gang conquest of that area will end with a literal gang brawl in the streets <laughs> and once you've won that the the other gang disappears you absorb them right and there's still plenty of other stuff to do but it it appeals to the uh the ocd in my head right i can check that off the list i have done that this yeah. section is mine now uh, and some games will even add in addition to that that the uh the opposing force whatever they are can push back you can lose a zone yeah but gaining that zone gives you access to maybe better intelligence or more money or whatever right. i've always really liked that i yeah i i understand why i get it 
but also by the same point eventually and i think it was mostly to the fault of the assassin's creed series is eventually it just felt so formulaic for me yeah go into the area do the thing complete the area mm-hmm. have it and it, i don't know it just it felt like it was the same same thing mm-hmm. it just it got to the point where it felt one note and i recognized absolutely that they they did change it and there are different factors that go into it with every game but it always just kind of got to that same point where like all right well i'm gonna go do this thing again yeah and i i can appreciate people who don't like that but for me the repetition is what i like because i know what i'm getting into sure It, it gives me a sense of progress that appeals to my brain yeah uh the one thing and we've talked we've talked on and off about breath of the wild is that all at once, one of the things I like about it is that you are in an endlessly hostile environment that will never get less hostile to you. Mm-hmm. You just get more powerful and more able to deal with the problems. But at the same time, that's a problem. Th- that world, n- you, n- you never feel like you're making progress. You know what I mean? You can solve problems, but the bad guys still hate you. Right. Now, maybe that's different once you complete the main quests and kill these big scary monsters. I never got that far. Not really. There's still the low-lying monsters all running around everywhere. Yeah. But I just, I never got the impression that I was making any progress in the game. Okay. It always sounds like I've got more stuff, but the game still hates me just as much as it did when I loaded it up. <laughs> right. And the one thing I loved about going through, say, uh, Rome in 1503 for Assassin's Creed Brotherhood is that slowly that city was mine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once I had driven out the Templar, you know, fortifications in that area of town, then I could start buying the various shops and then upgrading those shops and then I had access to more money and more assassins and more ge- more gear and then interestingly enough for the next one Assassin's Creed Revelations which was in uh, Constantinople in mm-hmm. 1523 is that the Templars could push back and if you if you lost the battle in that pushback or you didn't fight it you had to do it all over again and yeah. everyone thought oh this will be great but it just became a pain in the ass like god damn it I got to do all this over again I have to throw another five hours in just like that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, I and, and so I found that as much as it's not realistic, and we'll compl- I'll be complaining about realism later. Uh, <laughs> uh, I preferred the idea that you do it, you're done, you move on. Right. Um, you slowly build up, and you f- you feel like you're winning. I like to feel like I'm winning at some point. Sure. I never liked it, you know, the standard Hollywood action trope of losing right up until the last minute, where he says your toast or eat this some stupid 80s one-liner and kills the bad guy and it's over but right up until that last moment he's losing i never yeah. liked that i never liked that in a game i like to feel like it's a progress like i'm actually i am affecting change in the world and the zone mechanic especially the ubisoft tower mechanic when they get nothing but shit for it yeah. i love it that's why i love ubisoft games ubisoft excuse me so yeah yeah i get that definitely do yeah so it's another like one of yours sure Sorry, um, I, unless you got more you want to talk about for this one. No, no, no. I was just going to say, if, if you'd like to hear more about shitty 80s one-liners, check out our other podcast, We Came From The 80s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Moving so on, but yeah, I'll keep Conventions I, I dislike. So this one is it's something that really kind of drags me out of a game and makes me just re- remember the fact that I'm playing a game. It's that everybody is incompetent but you. Yeah. How are we going to get this thing done? we need to go send the protagonist to go do it. Yep. Well, the protagonist is good at shooting things. Well, we need the protagonist to go 
hack a computer terminal. Fuck off. Yeah. I just I I don't want to feel like I'm the only person in the world who is doing literally anything. There's a like there there's plenty of games that I've played where it's just oh there's a whole base of people all sitting around. Well, we're really busy here right now. We need you to go out and take care of this thing for it for yeah. us. Just send send somebody else. I don't want to I don't want to do surface level fetch quests. Like if yeah. I'm the protagonist in a story and I'm meant to feel like a, a powerful force, then I don't just want to be sent off to go and you know gather ten glitter bugs from the swamps of yeah. <laughs> bushwhacking. Yeah. You know, just yeah. like make me feel like I'm useful and unless I am the only person around, don't make everybody else seem like they're just a, a static NPC. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of that I think is just technology bound. Like there comes a point where the games have to be able to deal with that, but it's also a narrative thing, like yeah. in Assassin's Creed Origins, and that's you know that's, well, I guess that's my go-to today. Um, <laughs> Bayak has a wife, right? Uh, a or Aria is her name. Anyway, she makes it clear to Bayak, no, no, your job is to go out and kill people. You leave me to deal with the politics and dealing with yeah. Cleopatra and that stuff. That's not your problem. This is what I'm good at. Yeah. And eventually, you actually get to play her and 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 that sort of thing but they make it clear that Bayek is not doing everything he doesn't have to do everything he can't do everything and his wife is very aware of that and and pushes him back and said this is your area you go do that this is my problem right and I think that's great right just the idea that you know Bayek has things he's good at which is mostly killing people gruesomely and she had things she was good at which is like you know talking to people and reasoning with them yeah Uh, and they they did such a good job of that in Origins, like being able to depict uh, Bayek as being this, you know, just absolute badass who goes off and and kills people in you know stealthy or non-stealthy fashion as you choose. And then uh, I think is Arya. No, I can uh, never remember the wife's name, but the wife, his, his wife, uh, she is you know better at being in Alexandria and liaising with Cleopatra and. Yeah. Uh, trying to work the political side of things and that's that's exactly what i want is you know i don't want to take this you know basically automated killing machine and have to go through a bunch of dialogue prompts to try and convince a a politician to let me have free reign over something have somebody else do that even if it's just down to hey uh here's this assignment that you've been given we need you to do this well, we send these other people to do this other thing that is equally important. Yeah. Just have it be a part of a team. You know what that is? That's a failure of writing and a failure of mm-hmm. imagination. Absolutely. Uh, which, again, will come back to one of the things I do, a trope I dislike. <laughs> um, but, you know, so much of it is these are game conventions that people like to do. They like to gather things. They like to craft. Oh, people like this now. Let's add that. And they don't think, does it make sense for the story? And when you try to be all things to all people, you become boring in all of them. Yeah. But part of that has got to be try and create a character who seems reasonable. Like, try to create a character who seems realistic. Yeah. And not every character is good at everything. No. Give give one flaw for every strength. That's a good way to do it. That's a standard RPG thing. Yeah. You know, but they never do that. They So much of it is you're a, it's a power fantasy. Massive Effect got away from that a little bit with the Paragon and Renegade system where mm-hmm. you start losing access to 
certain dialogue and story options depending how much of a hero or an asshole you are. Right. So, uh, shockingly enough, I was quite the asshole. So I didn't have access to a lot of story branches, but I'm okay with that. Right. Because she can't be everything to everyone. No. I made a decision of who my shepherd was, and I accepted the limitations of that, but also what it gave me. You know, I, I wasn't going to be everything to everyone. Right. I couldn't be the hero all the time. Sometimes I'm just the asshole who's really good at killing people. Send me. Yep. But maybe don't send me to negotiate a peace treaty because that's going to go badly for everyone, including the caretaker afterwards. <laughs> you know? Um, so, well, yeah. You, your your characters can't always be, you know, perfect self-inserts. Sometimes yeah. they need to be flawed. So let's yeah. let's get to one of yours. Okay. So one of the ones I dislike, and this okay. is kind of specific, is I wrote it down as purchasing and leveling up weapons in a military sim. And okay. so... I'm a big fan of the Ghost Recon games and the original few, which were designed actually by Tom Clancy himself. Mm -hmm. um, you were a special ops guy. You had a gun and that was it. You didn't have right. to level it up. You, you don't level up what? You're a, you're a Navy SEAL. You're Army Special Forces. You get a gun. Carry on. Um, <laughs> and Ghost Recon, then they, you know, the later games they did long after Clancy had passed was Ghost Recon Wildlands and then Ghost Recon Breakpoint. And they both figured it. They both figured it out. They have modes which are like hardcore modes, where there's none of this leveling up nonsense. Mm -hmm. You don't have to get a level two gun and then a level three gun and a level four gun. You get a gun, right? And that's your gun. And it gets more powerful as you get more powerful because that's realistic. Because when a you know when a like in Ghost Recon Wildlands, you're sent in. I think it's into Bolivia. You parachute in. You have to deal with a, a Mexican uh, drug cartel that has sort of moved in. Do you think they'd say to you, oh, we'd send you with that sniper rifle, but you don't have enough XP, Sergeant. Why don't you go out and earn that? No, you'd say, <laughs> I want this rifle, and they give you that rifle. And unfortunately, the way it would be is that you'd throw them five bucks. You could buy, like, the gun you wanted. And that's what I wound up doing in Wildlands. But in Breakpoint, which was just a broken game, one of the things they did when they finally fixed it, and I haven't gotten back to it to play, is they added this hardcore mode where, you know, you don't have to level up and get more skills. You have the skills you need. There's no XP. There's none of that. You pick the rifle you want and you stick with it because that's how special forces works. That's how right. the army works. You know, I was in the army. At no point did they say, well, when you level up to corporal, we'll give you the newer weapon. No, here's your <laughs> rifle, corporal. You know, <laughs> take good care of it. Though I was in the reserve, so I didn't get my own rifle, but whatever. Uh, you know, it's not like we could take them home with us or anything, but uh, no. I know one guy who did that went badly for him. But anyway, um, yeah, that was a very stupid decision and it cost him his career. But whatever he just he didn't belong in the army anyway. But any case, you know, I like that Breakpoint figured it out that in a hardcore or quote unquote hardcore military stem, <laughs> because these games are a little bit goofy. You could pick a rifle and that was it. That was your tool. The challenge was the environment and the missions and the narrative. It wasn't. Oh, I got to level up and I got to find a level two machine gun because this level one machine gun won't take down this enemy. Well, no, it's one shot, one kill. What the hell? You know, yeah. like it's uh, and and that really worked. Like it's the, uh, you ever play, um, it's another Tom Clancy Ubisoft game, The Division. You ever play those games? No, I never actually got into The Division. So I really was into The Division 1, and I kind of enjoyed The Division 2, though oddly enough, I bounced off it as soon as I was done the story. Okay. But they are very, they're loot shooters. Yeah. Right, it's no different than Torchlight 2, except you it's a third-person shooter and it's post-apocalyptic virus, blah, blah, blah. It's not yeah. 
fantasy. But it's the same thing. Oh, great! You got a you know you got a great sniper rifle, but in two levels, it's going to be useless mm-hmm. because when people start because everything around you levels with you. So, right. you know, so yeah, you can take them down when you're level ten. You got a level five gun. It's just going to take way longer. Yeah. So you got to go find better loot, and that seemed to me really silly. But it's the nature of being a loot shooter. Yep. But on games that are not loot shooters, that are just shooters, just give me a gun. Yeah, I, I absolutely. There's no, there's no logic in it. I mean, it's it's, it's video game logic, is what it yeah. is. It's yes. We need to give players a sense of progression, therefore level up. Therefore, level up your weapons. I mean, like, okay, I guess I see where you're coming from yeah. from that standpoint. But if you're trying to go for a game that is a simulation, yes, then that breaks the core formula i don't care when i'm playing borderlands games and i have to you know it's a loot shooter (laughs) yeah i don't care if i have to drop my gun that uh explodes when i throw it away to reload it because i'm gonna find some other equally insane thing but i'm not playing that game to try and have a simulation experience i'm playing that game to shoot stuff and watch it explode well, I mean, it goes back to the original Legend of Zelda where there's three levels of swords. Yeah. So the, the second sword, the blue one, does twice as much damage, and the Master Sword does four times as much as the original one. So yeah, yeah. you can finish that game with the original sword, but you have to hack, hack at something four times. Why wouldn't you want the Master Sword where you can hit it once? Yeah. But And that works in some cases, but in a lot of cases, like in Mass Effect, once you get a gun, you're kind of good to go, as I recall. Well, it depends um, on the game. Depends on which Mass Effect you're talking about. It's been a long time, but the point is, the challenge shouldn't be: Do I have a level one rifle or a level two scope? Mm-hmm. It should be the scenario and the story and the situation. Like, there's got to be better ways to do it. And like I said, is I mean, it, Ubisoft really shit the bed with Breakpoint, but then they figured it out. And I appreciate that when they say, you know what, this is meant to be a simulation. There's no level 2 M16 and a level 3 M16. There's an M16. Right. And if you're better at using it, it's because you have more experience using it, but that's it. Yeah. And you can play it the old way. Those options are available to you, but the the more simulation-heavy mode is an option for you, and I appreciate that. Yeah. So, which I guess... I guess you know, you're, you're next, or do you, do you have another one? Or yeah, I got I'll, one more. I'll, I'll hop back to one of the, what, the other... Wait... What did we do? We did New Game Plus. Everyone's incompetent except you. Okay. So I had I had two for each. So we'll do one of the other conventions that I, I like. Okay. And for me, I'm a sucker for a good amnesia-based character story. <laughs> like, I, I think that when it's done well, it is really, really, really good. I like the feeling of learning about the character at the same rate that the character learns about themselves i i appreciate that just you are given as much context for what's going around what's going on around you as the person that you're playing and if you want them to progress and understand things better you need to progress and understand things better as the player and i know that it's grossly overplayed and it is used constantly but I still appreciate and enjoy it, even though it's beaten to death. Yeah, I've seen it done weird. Uh, I've seen it done in interesting ways. Uh, there was a an adventure game called The Last Express. Okay. Which at some point we might do, and it's kind of interesting because it's amnesia, but it's not. The idea is you're on the last Orient Express run before the outbreak of the First World War, okay. and you've been called 
to meet your friend on the train and you get and you you know in a great you, know, you sort of get on the train as it starts moving there's a motorcycle and all that sort of stuff whatever it's action stuff sure. you go into your buddy's room and you find him dead but it but along the way people have called you by his name because you look a lot alike so the right. idea is you toss him out the window of a moving train but okay and then you pretend to be him for the rest of the game and, okay. and so you don't know what he knows but everyone seems to know who you are. So it's a little bit like having amnesia. Okay. Except that's cool. that there's the added dread of you've got to pretend like you know what the hell's going on. Right. And you don't know how many people on that train actually know that you're faking it. Clearly someone is. Someone killed the guy. And they right. know he's dead. And they know he didn't <laughs> rise from the grave. And that was an interesting play on the amnesia thing. But that's my only complaint about amnesia is that, oh, gee character with amnesia this is so new and original i've never seen this before since last week yeah and that's my issue with it is that it's so overplayed uh you you brought up a an interesting amnesia one where he's got the stuff written on his back and a yeah. floating skull is telling you what to do and the last thing that's written is don't trust the floating skull and he's the one who's been telling you what to do yeah planescape torment that's the one yeah that's an interesting play on that yeah but the whole I've forgotten my life. Let me figure it out again. The problem is that's just overplayed. You're already having to learn everything. You're new to the game. Right. And it just seems late. It always just comes across as lazy. I hate lazy games. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, I'm the guy who plays the Ubisoft tower mechanics. So who am I to speak? Well, <laughs> I, I think that, like I said, when it's when it's done well, then it's really done. When it's just like, you got conked over the head, so we've got a, a reason for you to not have your abilities and uh, give a an expositional reason for why we're explaining things to yeah. you. Um, then that's that's kind of irritating, but it there's there's a way that it's done well where it's not over the top, where it feels practical and not like it's just a, a clumsy excuse. I yeah. I know that this isn't a video game, but I just recently finished reading through a, a novel called Project Hail Mary, and that starts off with a character who is in a space, and they have no idea what's going on or who they are, and they slowly recover their memories um, and have to perform science experiments to figure out where they are and what they're on and yeah. all this other stuff. But it's, it's handled in a way that it feeds you the information at a reasonable rate without feeling like it's clobbering you over the head with look they had amnesia this yeah. is why we can tell this story uh it feels like even without that the story would be be able to happen uh hap it would just be able to happen period it's not an idiot plot it's not an amnesia yeah. plot um i find amnesia works when the purpose isn't just this is an excuse to introduce you to the world it's when it's designed to create something like a sense of fear yeah, a sense of urgency, uh, a sense of dread, like yeah. with Last Express, where someone here knows I'm lying, but I don't mm -hmm. know who it is because obviously I'm not the dead guy. Sure. Um, or the Planescape Torment, where it's I know I'm being lied to, but I don't know by whom and I don't know why. Right. But when it's just used as an excuse to, because it's a trope, mm -hmm. then it just. Nah, I don't know. There's got to yeah. be better ways to do it, but yeah, that's fair. So, what about you? What's what's your last one? I'm going to wrap it up with a simple one, and that said, everything is about killing. 
And there comes a point where there's got to be a better way to tell a game, to play a game, to tell a story, to make a game mm-hmm. where you don't have to kill stuff. You know, I think about Per Aspera, there is a little bit of combat in there, which I think is kind of needless. And Anno 2205, which we're going to do at some point, there is combat. You only have to do it once so that you know how to do it. But after that, you don't ever have to do combat again. You can just right. build your supply chains in your cities. I like games like that. I mean, I like a good shooter too, and I like to blow shit up. And But sometimes it's nice to have a game where the solution isn't to kill that thing. Right. And I don't even necessarily mean games like The Sims, which obviously you probably don't want to be a psycho shooter in The Sims. Uh, Maybe you do. You're I playing know. a different Sims than I am, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I actually bought the vampire pack, so I guess technically <laughs> I will be killing people. But, um, you know, it's uh, I got to stop buying modules for that game. I still haven't played it. Um, it's ridiculous. But uh, one of these days, one of these days. But, uh, you know, it's frustrating that everything comes down to let's just kill everyone. Yeah. Um, like Grand Theft Auto. They have this amazing engine and they have this amazing ability to tell stories. Why must I always be the bad guy? Mm-hmm. And when they made the good guy, you're just a, you're just a killer with a badge, like for the detective game, L.A. Noir or whatever it was called. Right. Um, you know, why not make a game, like if you're going to make a cop game, why not make a real one where you're not gunning down everyone in sight? I mean, n- no one wants to play an accountant, though I'm sure <laughs> that game is out there. I mean, hell, there's papers, please. Uh, you know, that's practically a, it's a, it's a desk job game. But yeah, it is. Look at Factorio or or the Dyson Sphere program, where it's all about building stuff. Or Sim City, or Skylines. You know, City Skylines, the you know one hour of efficient German sex that we talked about <laughs> earlier, or whatever. Like, why must it always be about I need to blow shit up? You could tell a spy game without ever having to kill anyone. The most interesting levels of Splinter Cell games are where you're not allowed to kill anyone. Yeah, I agree. Um, Absolutely. Why not make it where violence and killing are not necessarily the option? Like even the gentle games like Lego or or Disney Infinity, which we talked about earlier. You still got to kill things. It's not bloody. You know, when you lop off Vader's head with a Scott with a, a lightsaber, you don't get blood. You just the gate the, the toy breaks. Yeah. Um, but it's still violence. It's still killing. Um, yeah. Like there's got to be like adventure games. The very you know you can get plenty of those where there's no killing in them. You know, like Dagger of Amon-Ra, yeah, there's murders. It's a murder sure. mystery. But yeah. you, Laura Bow doesn't rack her shotgun and say, let's do this. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't it's, have to be that. It's, it's uh, violence where it's where it's applicable, not violence yeah. because you can. Yeah, and, and I get it. There's always going to be place for those games. I happen to like them. I'm playing Mech Warrior 5 Mercenaries right now. I've killed a <laughs> lot of stuff. But, you know, I just... I. The one thing about this renaissance of games is we're seeing more games that it doesn't have to be about murdering people to get what you want. There are other ways to do it. Dialogue-driven games. You know, I dare someone to make a Mass Effect-type game Mm. where you don't get to kill anyone. Where it's all just dialogue trees? Dialogue and the choices you make and and, and, and maybe it wouldn't be as exciting, but Mm. maybe it's a game where you're a diplomat. Like let's you know like there's a game called The Council which I, I own I haven't played it yet where it's all about discussions on a dark and stormy night. Okay. Um, murder mysteries are like that. Yes, there's the murder, the initial murder, but mm-hmm. after that it's all about clues and um, dialogue and all these cool things you get to do that don't involve you cocking your you know cocking your gun and kicking in a door. And 
you know, even in a military sim, why must the solution always be that I blow shit up? Like Ghost Recon Wildlands is a great game, but could you imagine what would happen if four U.S. Special Forces troops parachuted into Bolivia and killed hundreds and hundreds of people? <laughs> could you imagine? Yeah. Like that would be a, a headline and a scandal on the news for months. It could yeah. bring down an administration. But what about four uh, CIA agents who parachute in? who have to slowly find a way to dislodge, you know, that, um, you know, that, uh, that cartel by dealing with the public and working with the government, finding some way to do that so that when you take that one well-placed sniper shot, that does the trick as opposed to being the human Cuisinart and killing everything in your path. I think a lot of that boils down to kind of, as we, as we said before, just playing to the playing to the power fantasy Absolutely. we're going to give you something that you simply play that is that is just for you to have fun we don't need you to think too much about it because yeah. like let's be honest i think that the vast majority of people who play video games on the regular are going to be more interested in you know taking down a drug cartel by jumping dirt bikes across a valley landing on the back of a train to go assassinate yeah. a cartel yeah. officer as opposed to playing through a dialogue tree of a CIA agent sitting in a coffee shop having a discussion with an informant. Yeah, but there are ways to do it. You ever played Dishonored? Yes. Dishonored can be played without killing a single person. Yes. And it's still just as good a game. I mean, I've never done it because I am the human Cuisinart. I do like to kill everyone who isn't me and agree or agree with me. I'm fine with that. I mean, we talked about how I played um, uh, Satellite Rain. I killed yes. everybody. <laughs> So it's not that I object to killing. It's just that I wish there was an. I wish there were other options. Maybe that's why I love Satellite Rain so much, and maybe that's why I love Dishonored. I also like the lore of Dishonored, but um, yeah. and I'm playing through Dishonored two now slowly. And I like the lore, but you can play Dishonored one without ever killing a single person. You right. have to be very good at it, but it's an option. But you can't play Dishonored without committing violence. You may not kill people, but you're still whacking them over the noggin and hauling them off somewhere. Yeah, but that's it's not killing. No. It's not it's a threshold. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. But uh yeah. So. All right. Well, I think that we've we've gone back and forth and yeah. gushed and uh, complained about enough things there to get us <laughs> to another good episode. Did you have anything else that you wanted to end off with? No, I think I'm going to come over and then I'm going to kill you so I can conquer your your the tower near you and you know we'll go from there and but no no i'm good Ugh, tuesdays tuesdays yeah <laughs> all right well there it is there it is